0: It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. And let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by DraftKings, the place to play DFS every weekend. And they always have so many ridiculous deals out there. For you guys, I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. I got to be honest with you, I am still basking in the glow of two things. Number one, how well we did betting on the Even Money podcast last week. I was up nine units, Steve up ten units. Such a good feeling. And today's Ross Tucker football podcast with Ryan Paganetti, the Eagles game management coach under Doug Peterson, So many really interesting points that he made. It was a fantastic, enlightening interview that, quite frankly, everybody should check out. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL on social. All of the shows can be found at Ross Tucker Pod. We do have an awesome YouTube page, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, where you can watch these shows and see my big head fill up almost the entire monitor, or you can go ahead and watch the highlight clips of the other shows. Let's say you're not a betting person. You're not a college person. Just check out the highlight clips of the other shows. That's what I think is the two or three best 30-second clips of them. It's like uh, high school. It's like Cliff Notes. Thank goodness for that guy. What is the best author ever? Cliff Notes. He is the star of the show, though. He never read Cliff Notes. He's a good boy. His mom listens. She'd be upset if she ever thought Joseph listened to Red Cliff Notes. You can check him out on social at FG underscore Dolan. His mom probably loves, I call him the fantasy gangsta, at FG underscore Dolan. He now is the owner, check the name tag, of fantasypoints.com. Use the code 21FEAST. His energy is infectious. His passion is contagious. His jokes are sometimes hilarious. Hello, Joe.
1: Hi, Ross. That was a hell of an intro. Incredible. Thank you you very much. You like that? My mom's an English teacher or or retired, so she would be upset if I didn't read the book. But, uh, you know, uh, things happen. Uh, uh, Let let, let me me just give a piece of advice to the high schoolers out there. If you're ever assigned to read Silas Marner, get the Cliff's CliffsNotes. Dude,
0: no joke. No joke, Joe. Yeah. One time... This is senior year, AP English. I got like a 94 or maybe 95 on a test for a book I had not read one word of. I had just read the Cliff Notes. My, like, one of my best friends got like an 88 or a 90, and he read the whole book.
1: What was the book?
0: Oh, dude, no no recollection. But (laughs) when he, I could try to text him, but when she passed out, the uh the tests, and I looked at it he looked at his I showed him mine he audibly said oh my god!" <laughs> and and the te- like like really loud to the point where the teacher had to be like Scott are you okay we call him sofa good football player by the way went to Penn State uh was ROTC he's like a hand surgeon now or something anyway um she said what and it didn't matter. I think I was already going to Princeton or whatever. So it didn't really matter at that point. He was like, Ross only read the Cliff
1: Notes <laughs> and did better than me on the test. And, <laughs> well, she, and can't, uh, she can't come back and change the grade, I guess. No, she looked at me
0: and I just kind of shrugged like, <laughs> which is, was, was a really dumb thing because then after that, she would try to make it so that there were like non-Cliff Notes questions, you know. Yeah. On the on the test, which bothers well, you, ruined
1: me. it for everybody else, Ross.
0: Anyway, that's why people listen to Fantasy Feast podcast because Joe is like the Cliff Notes version of getting prepped for your lineup, whether it's season long or DFS. Joe has the notes. Joe has the info. Joe has the answers to the test. Let's start with the Cardinals and the Packers, Joe. Thursday night. Of course, everybody knows we do two episodes every week of this show. Thursday night during the season, we've got wide receiver issues, Joe, for the Packers. Both Alan Lazard, Devontae Adams, both on the COVID list. What does it mean? Who are we firing up? What changes are we making? Help us.
1: Well, let's – uh call it like it is right now. Lazard will not play because he is uh, reportedly unvaccinated and the protocols are different for him, even though he hasn't to to our knowledge tested positive. He's a close contact. And because he's unvaccinated, the protocols are different. He will not play. Devontae Adams has an outside shot of playing. He's gotta get a couple of negative tests in. But for right now, let's let's assume he will not. So uh, there's a couple of things here. Number one, will Marquez valdez scantling come off uh, the IR with the hamstring injury? That's a possibility. Number two, um, if he doesn't, uh, my my question here that I'm asking myself just kind of internally. Now I guess I'll ask it ask it externally. Um, does Aaron Rodgers just say, "All right, Randall, let's dial it back seven years"? Randall Cobb, I'm going to target you 15 times in this game and just move the chains. And, and I wonder if this is just Aaron Rodgers and, and an opportunity with a player that he knows well to say, let's let's get on the same page here and, and move forward. So um, I think it's an Aaron Jones game. I think it's a Randall Cobb game. Um, I think it's a maybe a Robert Tunyon game. Tunyon scored a touchdown last week, and he spiked the ball. I mean, you, there was frustration. He's had a horrible season. There was a lot of frustration. To to uh, uh taken out on that. But I think a lot of people are firing up Tunyon. I know the Cardinals give up the fewest fantasy points to tight ends, but the best tight end they face this year, the best, is Tyler Higby. So they have not they faced like Ferkser, um the, the Texans guy like they they haven't faced a whole lot of talent there. So with the Packers, I think it's an Aaron Jones game, I think it's a Randall Cobb game, and potentially a Robert Tunyon game. Keep an eye on the status of Marquez Valdez Scanlon. All right, what about the Cardinals on the other side? Uh, speaking of wide receiver issues, uh, uh, Devontae Adams hasn't practiced this week with a hamstring. And, you know, th- that's a guy who never practices. So, you, you don't. I, I don't want this to be a cry wolf situation, but, you know, he's a guy who doesn't practice, but it's not like he's going to practice if he's hurt. So that's something that has to be monitored. This is a short week. And then, you know, you have AJ Green and Christian Kirk now – Um, They're hard to project, but if Devontae Adams is out or limited, I think you certainly can fire them up against a banged-up Packer secondary. Zach Ertz ran more routes than Rondale Moore last week, so Zach Ertz is on the tight end one radar. Um, James Conner, if you play him in the backfield, you're certainly counting on a touchdown. Uh, uh, Chase Edmonds was back. And in his normal role last week, despite the runaway victory, he handled uh, he handled 18 carries. Chase Edmonds uh, is somebody who can now be back in your lineup as an RB2. He came off the injury report uh, with the shoulder injury. Chase Edmonds is back and uh, seemingly healthy.
0: Let's get to the Bengals and the Jets. I mean, the Bengals are just a loaded fantasy football team. The Jets... I guess Mike White is starting. I mean, are there any Jets that any human being should have in their lineup this week? Well,
1: let's start with the Jets because Mike White came in and he checked the ball down a ton. Now, that game was a blowout against the Patriots. And you know, you, know, you have a cold quarterback coming in. And the game's a blowout, you know, not of, of no fault of Mike White, and he's checking the ball down. to Michael Carter who had nine targets and Ty Johnson who had seven targets. If there's a Jet, I feel good about, and, and good is a relative term. It's Michael Carter who had eight for sixty-seven receiving in that game. I didn't fire him up as an RB two. If you're playing a receiver here, Corey Davis and uh, Jamison Crowder each had six targets. I mean, have at you, uh, have fun with that. Uh, flipping on over to the other side to the Bengals. Ross, what do we like when, when I'm analyzing a team? What was what, what one of the traits I like about a team? Narrow. Narrow. The Bengals are as narrow as the stripes on their helmets. They are awesome. Joe Burrow throws 40, 38 passes. He throws for 416 yards against Baltimore. He targeted five receivers. That's it. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Yuzoma. Uh, as a matter of fact, Yuzoma, he's a... He's uh, putting a pronunciation for his name up this week. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I'm saying this right. Yazama. Yazama. Okay. Yazama. Za, uh, not Zo. It's Zama. Yazama. Um, and then uh, Samaje P. Ryan actually got a target. Uh, uh, no targets for Joe Mixon, who still looks good to me, um, but he didn't get targets. I, and you know what? Sometimes you want, why would a team get targets? Why would Joe Mixon get targets when Jamar Chase is running wide-ass open all the time? T. Higgins, I wonder if he's due for a big game. 15 targets last week. He caught just seven of them, but he was targeted 15 times. I wonder if he's due for a big game. I love the Bengals. The guy you're making a decision on every week when it comes to the Bengals is Tyler Boyd, who just hasn't, with with the ascension of Chase and the return of Higgins to the lineup, and Mixon looking good. Tyler Boyd's been kind of on the outs here for a little bit. He's still kind of a wide receiver three because of the the target volume, but obviously you're playing Chase, you're playing Higgins, you're playing Mixon. I think it's a great week for Joe Burrow. Um, Cincinnati should win this one going away based on how talented this team is.
0: Speaking of talent, whether you're talented down there or not, you need to go to manscaped.com. I resent that remark, Ross. What's that? I resent that remark. I wasn't talking to you. I wasn't talking about you. I'm talking to the people watching or listening. Listen, here's all I know. The more you trim, the more talented you look. It's really that simple. All you have to do is use the code FEAST20 to get 20% off and free shipping with the code FEAST20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code feast 20 stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with manscaped i am convinced that they put the word pubes in there because it automatically catches your attention right like even if you're like oh ross is talking about manscaped it's a commercial you're just not used to hearing pubes on a podcast like you don't used to hear it so it's like what wait, what? What did you just say? No. It's actually Genius by Manscaped, as is their whole incredible package that you can get from them. I mean, the the performance package 4.0, the boxers, the travel bag, feast 20, manscaped.com. Let's talk Titans and Colts, Joe.
1: All right, let's do it. Uh Titans. Uh well. <laughs> The good news for the Titans is A.J. Brown is back, and they needed something in that passing game because Julio Jones just doesn't look right. Um, the Titans right now are kind of easy. It's Derrick Henry. It's A.J. Brown. It's 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 Ryan Tannehill. Ross, I know you you probably got a chuckle out of the fact that, you know, all the hot take shows on ESPN uh, last week, there was, Tebow was asked, like, who would you rather have, Mahomes or Derrick Henry? And, of course, the answer is Mahomes. Of course it is. But um, – uh, but like you know, Twitter was rabble rousing. Oh my god, I can't believe this is a question. Oh my god, Derrick Henry stinks, and nobody should ever run. The-. And then of course Derrick Henry comes out and throws for more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes in that game last week, which was which I thought was was po- because it just it just it like really soiled the diapers of uh of of a lot of the uh, of a lot of the Twitter no fun havers. Um, which I thought was was uh. Was, was particularly poetic. But um, A.J. Brown looks great, finally. He was a buzzkill through the first five weeks of the fantasy season. He's gotten going. This Colt defense does not offer much resistance. Um, you know, last week against San Francisco, the ball's squirting all over the place. I'm not really going to put much account into that. But nonetheless, Debo Samuel goes for 7-100 and 100 and a touchdown against this defense. So um, I-, I think it's a good spot. For A.J. Brown, I think it's a good spot for Derrick Henry, and I think it's a good spot for Ryan Tannehill. Um, If I'm playing Julio, who's not 100%, the good news is is that he seemed to get through that game okay, but he's just not 100% right now, and he's more of a wide receiver 3-4 than anything else.
0: What about for the Colts on offense? Wentz is playing pretty well, Joe.
1: Yeah, but it's not a high volume offense, that, and that's the issue. Now, look, last week, San Francisco, that game was a monsoon. All right, let's let's pump the brakes. But you know, Michael Pittman scores the touchdown at the end of the game, and obviously, it was not a well thrown ball in the rain. Pittman just goes up and gets it, though. The corner, I think it was Drake Packer made an awful play on the ball. Like, I mean, just slipping and sliding. But I think the Colts had the right plan of attack. You know, this is hard on the defense when when the conditions are this bad and we're throwing the ball down the field, and they got some PIs and they got some completions. But Wentz said after the game about Pittman, he's like, look, I can trust him to go up and make a play when things aren't perfect. And, you know, say all you want about Wentz last year in Philly. He was awful. Um, but the last couple years, there was a lack of receivers in Philly going out and making a play for their quarterback. You know, like, the throw isn't perfect. Go make a play. You know, the throw's a little behind you, and it's dropped or or tipped in the air for an interception. And I think Wentz has something in Pittman that he didn't have the last couple years in Philly. So I think that's going to be a guy he's going to continue to trust. I am sick of Naeem Hines and Marlon Mack, um, but – you know, John, I, I have to think Jonathan Taylor has proven over the last couple weeks to the Colts that this is, he's, the, he's the straw that stirs the drink for them, um, takes the pressure off of Wentz, ta- takes the stupid plays out of the equation, the less that Wentz has to throw. Um, Jonathan Taylor is just, just the man. Uh, Tennessee got after Patrick Mahomes last week, but this was a defense that wasn't playing well up until then, and I have to wonder how much more that reflects on the Chiefs than it does the Titan defense.
0: We've got the Rams and the Texans. And, man, speaking of teams that are narrow and teams that are racking up the points, our guy Cooper Cuck, Cooper Cup, <laughs> Cooper, Cuck, <laughs> Cooper <laughs> Cup had the DraftKings performance of the week last week presented by Bacardi's Spiced Rum. All he did, Joe, against the Lions was have 10 catches 156 yards, two touchdowns on 13 targets. That was 40.6 fantasy points. He has been an absolute machine. He deserves to be rewarded as the DraftKings Performance of the Week presented by Bacardi Spice Rum, which, by the way, is delicious. I'm a big Bacardi Spice Rum guy, rum and coke. It used to be my, my drink at times. I'd put that like if I was going an all day thing, I'd put like a whole thing of Coke and rum in like a huge Gatorade container and just drink it, sip it all day. Glorious Bacardi spice drum. Anyway, Cooper Cup is also glorious. I mean, Joe, he's been a machine.
1: Yeah, um, first and foremost, with this uh with the the DraftKings performance of the week, did did the players get a bottle of rum for it? No, that
0: would be amazing though. If yeah, they did. just send it to them. To look, my knowledge, they don't, but yeah, be great yeah, if they, look, did. they
1: should get it anyway. Uh, Cooper Cup's been awesome. Uh, look, he's Matthew Stafford's guy. Um, Robert Woods has looked good too, but Cooper Cup is Matthew Stafford's guy. There was a change for the Rams in week seven, and I wonder if it continues in week eight. Johnny Munt, the blocking tight end, tore his ACL a couple of weeks ago, he tore it in week six. Um, they had run a good bit of two tight end sets because they loved Munt. And, and Munt was somebody who was helping them out, like, in the blocking game, in the ground game. Without Munt, they went almost exclusively to 11 personnel sets last week against the Lions. Now, you have to wonder, is that just a one-game thing? Does that ch- change going forward? But in the 11 personnel, it was Over 90% of the snaps for three guys, Cup, Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson. So you had three wide receivers playing at a massive clip in that game. So there was not much rotation. Deshaun Jackson barely played. Interested to see if that goes forward because if it does, Van Jefferson will have consistent fantasy value. Um, He was rotating a little bit with Woods early in the year. That, That kind of pulled back. Um, Woods has been dominating uh, Van Jefferson in terms of routes and snaps since. But those three guys all played basically the entire game last week. So they're all fantasy viable against the Houston Texans. Again, the Rams, uh, the the, the Lions came out feisty last week and the Rams did not have the projected positive game script that I thought they were going to have, which kind of hurt Daryl Henderson. Here is another chance for Daryl Henderson to get back on the wagon here and just and start going. I think Daryl Henderson has a big game this week. And for DFS purposes, he was the most rostered uh, running back, I think, in some FanDuel contests. Um, I think he might be a little bit on, uh, less popular this week, even though of the spread, because he burned people last week, I'm getting back on the Hendo train this week.
0: Ooh, the endo trend. All right. What yeah. about for Houston? Is there anything to talk about there?
1: Well, if Tyrod Taylor plays, there's at least some life. Um, This is a stat. Uh, This was from Chris Towers of CBS. I don't want to take credit for it Uh, because he tweeted it out. And here's the stat. The Texans scored five offensive touchdowns in 1.5 games with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. So five in 1.5 games. Now, I know they played Jacksonville in week one, but that's beyond the point. They've scored four offensive touchdowns in 5.5 games with Davis Mills, okay? For a bad team, you normally just say, just stick with the young guy. But Davis Mills is a project right now. If Tyrod Taylor's back, this offense is going to at least have some sort of life. But here, just to show you how futile Davis Mills' Texan offense has been, again, there's not a lot of talent. But in five games with Mills' starter, Texan skill position players have combined for eight performances of 10 or more fantasy points. One of those guys is no longer on the team in Anthony Miller. So, of guys still on the team, there were seven of those. Two two in five games from Brandon Cooks, two in five games from David Johnson, and then it was Chris Moore, Chris Conley, and Mark Ingram each had one apiece. I mean, just a completely futile offense. If there's a guy you're playing here from, from, even if Tyrod plays, if there's a guy you're playing here, it's Brandon Cooks. I mean, but... Um Tyrod Tyrod helps that. Maybe things change if Tyrod plays, um but right now the Texans everybody knows that this is a fantasy wasteland.
0: Steelers at the Browns. Steelers off the bye and we saw the Browns without a bunch of their dudes. It was DeErnest Johnson time.
1: Yeah, DeErnest Johnson looked really good, but it looks like Nick Chubb's going to play this week. So, um I I we'll see if DeErnest Johnson gets in a rotation like Kareem Hunt. Her, Johnson looked great. Um but uh, I feel like they are going to have to because this receiving court is so banged up. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, who we talked about on last week's podcast as a fill-in guy, he gets hurt in pregame warm-ups basically after lineup lock. So a lot of people, including me, had to eat a zero on Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's probably not going to play. Odell Beckham is not healthy. Um, So I think Jarvis Landry is a very important player for this Browns team going forward. I consider him a wide receiver three, Um, whether it's Case Keenum or Baker Mayfield out there. I think Landry is a very important player. Now, he was a guy who was in and out of the lineup getting dinged up. So right now, this is a Browns team that is in a world of hurt. Um, I think Dearness Johnson might be a flex play, but I think Nick Chubb is going to get the ball a ton this week against the Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: I love it. I love Chubb.
1: What about the Steelers on offense? They're starting to become more of a narrow fantasy team with Juju Smith-Schuster out for the year. Um, By the way, in their last game, uh, the Steelers played the Seahawks on Sunday night football. Um, James Washington got some run, but the guy who was predominantly their slot receiver was Ray Ray McLeod. But he only had two targets, not necessarily a fantasy option, but I just want to throw that out there. Um, Najee Harris is obviously only, only, uh, DeAndre Swift has more catches among running backs that, and he's played one more game than Najee Harris. So obviously you're playing Najee Harris, Ben Roethlisberger says he's feeling good coming off the bye. You guys know he's not a fantasy option. Like he's just, he, he has no rushing upside. Um, the, the arm strength is not there, but he, I th- started to think he looked a little bit more functional the last couple of weeks and that's good. And he has a week of rest. Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are going to be heavy target. Uh, hounds in this game, which uh, with a preference to Johnson for me because he gets the more high-volume, shorter-area targets, which are easier for Ben to drive out there. But the one thing that I want you to watch, because the tight end position has been a wasteland for fantasy, Pat Fryermuth, seven targets, seven catches, 58 yards against Seattle in Week 6. Eric Ebron, two targets, two catches for 10 yards. I wonder if Pat Fryermuth is emerging here as the number one tight end for the Pittsburgh Steelers
0: yeah i mean it's pretty clear i think he is let's
1: get to the eagles and the lions joe well the eagles uh i thought they had to do a lot of uh mirror searching uh, soul searching over the buy um if they hadn't done that the media is forcing them to this week i mean because they are getting crushed i mean uh Derek carr goes completes over 90 percent of his passes i think the uh the stat from Reuben Frank, uh, who always digs up the most obscure stats was like the Eagles in like their first uh, their first like seventy seasons of existence or however long they 've been around, allowed like five quarterbacks to complete eighty percent of their passes and now they 've done it four times in their last five games. Um, the Eagles' completion percentage allowed this year is seventy four point four percent if that number sounds familiar, that's because that was the number Drew Brees had when he set the NFL record for completion percentage. So they are just, the Eagles are preventing big plays it, it, at the expense of literally everything. They're not giving up big plays, but at the expense of everything else, they're giving up doow, 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 dink and dunk all over the field, no challenges whatsoever. So here's the bad news for the Eagles all the lions can do is dink and dunk. DeAndre Swift, TJ T. Hawkinson. Those are their two best offensive players and you're a you're a defense that encourages the dink and dunk. DeAndre if, if things don't change, DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson are going to get peppered with targets in this game from Jared Goff. I mean that that's the case every week. But this week, I mean, that is what the Eagles allow you to do. The problem is their linebackers can't tackle, so these guys are picking up chunk yardage. The Eagles just don't have the personnel to run the defense they are running right now, and it is a huge problem.
0: What about the Eagles offensively against Detroit?
1: Well, let me me throw this out there. I I don't want people to panic, because Jalen Hurts has been a fantasy MVP. He's like the overall quarterback two in total fantasy points, quarterback three or four in fantasy points per game. But like forty percent of that production, forty like a ridiculous amount of that production has come in the fourth quarter this year, which means the Eagles are they're two and five, so they're playing from behind, and then defenses are calling off the dogs. Jalen Hurts is racking up garbage time points. He has not been awful, but he hasn't been good. His best game of the season, or from an on field perspective, and actually it might have been from a fantasy perspective too, but from an on field perspective, was Week One. He has not touched that since i am just throwing this out there for people to prepare because he's probably been one of your two or three best fantasy players if not your best there is an outside chance that if the eagles lose this game to lions and look at what how the eagles have played they can lose this game there is a chance jalen hurts gets benched and i would be putting my head in the sand if i didn't acknowledge that they traded joe flacco this week So Gardner Minshew's now the two. Gardner Minshew's had some good snaps in the NFL. I'm not trying to tell you that he's going to be their their franchise quarterback. I think think the best chance for the Eagles to have that on their roster is Hurts. But they have now cleared the way for Minshew to be the number two after trading away Joe Flacco. If Jalen Hurts doesn't look good this week against Detroit, look out. Because the dogs are already out. Nobody's happy. You know you you know Dave Spadaro, our boy Spuds. He's yelling, ranting and raving on the radio about it. Like I mean, this is this is not pretty right now for the Eagles, and for me, to, for me, who I push Jalen Hurts, I said on a preseason podcast that if he starts 17 games, he's going to be a top five fantasy quarterback. I stand by that because he started seven, and he's a top three fantasy quarterback right now. But the caveat was if he starts 17 games, and right now I don't have a whole lot of confidence that's going to be the case here for Jalen Hurts. Um, but and, and but on top of that. Uh, Miles Sanders is probably going to miss this week with the ankle injury. Kenny Gainwell is the guy I prefer. But Boston Scott was their guy inside the goal line. So I think both of those guys are on the flex radar this week. But I'm just telling you, Jalen Hurts has been a fantasy MVP thus far. If he doesn't look good, if you have Jalen Hurts as your fantasy quarterback, you better root for him to light it up this week against Detroit. Because if not, oh boy, are the dogs coming. Very curious about the Niners
0: and the Bears. While we're recording this, Joe, it looks like Khalil Mack will not play for the Bears in this contest.
1: Well, that's good news for Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and hopefully the weather's better for Jimmy Garoppolo because that ball was squirting and squirming all over the field for Garoppolo. Um, uh, the Bears are the Bears are, are are really in limbo here because this is a team that should be a seller, um, but they have a, a dead end coach and a dead end general manager. Are those guys going to be sellers? Um, with, without Khalil Mack. Let's start with the Niners. Um, the Niners really for me right now are a two-man fantasy team, um, Debo Samuel and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, the, I mean, the doghouse is just filled up for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think uh, Trey Sermon's obviously in it. I think Brandon Ayuk is in the doghouse right now. You know, and Kyle Shanahan, uh, Ross, I, let's put it this way. I think, he, I think Kyle Shanahan is a really smart guy. I think Kyle Shanahan thinks Kyle Shanahan is a really smart guy. And occasionally I think he gets caught sticking his head between his legs and sniffing his own butt. Like, let's put it that. Let, let, let's call it like it is. Uh, but you also have to react to how Kyle Shanahan is using players. And he's not using Trey Sermon and he's not using Brandon Ayuk. For me, the 49ers are a two-man team. Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel.
0: Okay. Uh, i That's kind of what I'm looking at right now. Iuke's doing nothing. What about the Bears? <laughs> the
1: Bears are a one-man fantasy team. Khalil Herbert. <laughs> I mean, Ross, you're an offensive lineman. You've seen the protection for Justin Herbert, but I'm sure you are probably happy with the fact that there has been a revolution in like the analytic community that says sacks are a quarterback stat. Have you watched enough Justin Fields? The guy's pocket presence is less than zero right now.
0: Yeah, it was a lot easier at Ohio State, although I'll say this. He took a bunch of sacks and stuff against, like... um, Northwestern,
1: Indiana. Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, his pocket presence is less than zero. He is playing horrible football. And I think, look... I'm just calling it like it is. You can blame it on Nagy. You can blame it on pace. You can blame it on Michael Jordan retiring in 1994. I don't care what you want to blame it on. But like the, the fact of the matter is Justin Fields is playing miserable football right now. The the receivers here are just, I just hope Allen Robinson gets traded for his own sake. Um, this is that Khalil Herbert's the only bear you can consider. This is, I started Justin Fields last week and I honestly can't believe I did it. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> they're going to have to throw and like, It took them until, like, the last drive to even get positive fantasy points. I mean, uh, it is horrible right now for the Chicago Bears.
0: Let's keep it moving and get to Carolina and Atlanta. By the way, while we're talking, David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers, it came out that they are not going to trade for Deshaun Watson before the trade deadline. They might have interest in the offseason, but not before the trade deadline. Primarily because Deshaun Watson has yet to waive his no trade clause for Carolina. Uh, I think it's interesting a kid from Georgia who went to Clemson is happy to go to the Dolphins, but he doesn't want to go to the Carolina Panthers. I'm yeah, not sure I, I don't know. I totally understand that. I do know this. Overcoming the odds, rewriting the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success. Because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, it's a network working for everyone. What do you got on Carolina and Atlanta, Joe? How about Kyle Pitts? He's a freak, dude. Yeah, He's a, he's a tight end in name only.
1: Well, let's uh, let's honestly ask this question. and And I know it got off to a slow start. How many tight ends would you be more confident in starting than Kyle Pitts right now? Uh, I'm struggling to come up with more than two. Um, and those two I'm not even sure about because Travis Kelsey's dinged up and Mark Andrews, you know, is now playing in an offense that has Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman in it. That's about it. George Kittle's hurt. Darren Waller's hurt. Darren Waller has been a disappointment. It's not many. Kyle Pitts might be tight end one for me right now. Like it's, it's that good. And, um, Matt Ryan has kind of seen a revitalization. He's throwing the ball down the field. I actually like Matt Ryan a lot as a streaming quarterback option this week. I mean, it's a good matchup. Um, Pitts is getting going. Calvin Ridley, um, he said he needed a mental break. And, you know, not not to project onto Calvin Ridley, but when you when you look at the fact that Calvin Ridley needed a mental break and Lane Johnson needed a mental break and – You have to understand what these players were going through, you know, in the last year plus to get on the field and play. You're getting a a javelin jabbed up your nose every day to play in front of empty stadiums. And, you know, like, like, I mean, that that's kind of it's been a hard year for all of us, but it was hard for the NFL players, too. And you have to wonder how much of that is eating at these players. Calvin Ridley has a lot of target volume hasn't really come yet. You you have to you have to play him. Um, Hopefully he's feeling all right. Um, Mike Davis played 60% of the snaps for the Atlanta Falcons in Week 7 and got four carries. Cordero Patterson's getting more carries. Cordero Patterson's running a bunch of routes as a wide receiver. Cordero Patterson is like, he and Kyle Pitts are the straws that stir this drink right now. And it's helping Matt Ryan. Um, Russell Gage is back. He's on the wide receiver three radar. The Atlanta Falcons all of a sudden look kind of feisty offensively. Um, kind of a fun team to watch. Arthur Smith seems like he's gotten uh gotten some things moving here, and Matt Ryan seems to have found the fountain of youth. Uh, he's looking pretty good here the last number of weeks, and it has coincided with the emergence of Kyle Pitts. How about Carolina, Joe? Ross, I regret to inform you that Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold.
0: No, you said he stunk, and you're glad he stunk because you're happy that you were right.
1: No, I. You know what, Ross? I, yeah, I was right, but, like, I mean, like, it's not exactly the hardest thing to predict. Um, PJ, you know, here's the thing. PJ Walker comes in and goes three for 14, though, so they're going to go back to Darnold, I presume, um, which is uh, it, DJ Moore is the only receiver you can play here. Robbie Anderson, over his last four games, has 38 targets and 101 receiving yards on 38 targets. Ross, I did, there's not, like, an exact query, I think, unless I'm, somebody smarter than me can come up with it. But it's stathead.com, which is like the Pro Football Reference Database. Um, I did a couple of queries just to see how many times it, over a four-game stretch has somebody had 38 targets and less than 100 receiving, uh, and less, and 101 or fewer receiving yards. And for what I can tell, since targets have been tracked in, since 1992, 101 receiving yards on 38 targets is the worst four-game stretch of all time. Nobody has had that few receiving yards on that many targets. Now, there's some who are close, but at the wide receiver position, it's about as bad as it gets for Robbie Anderson. Um, He's droppable at this point. Chuba Hubbard's a guy. Um, He can't catch the ball. Um, uh, He's had some drop issues. He's fine, but he's no Christian McCaffrey. Hubbard's an RB, two. DJ Moore's a wide receiver, too, and then ignore the rest of this team. I mean, it is a disaster in Carolina.
0: Lastly, here on episode one of the Fantasy Feast podcast this week, the show that's so nice we do it twice. We break up episodes one and two. Uh, We've got Miami Dolphins and Tua Tungo-Vailoa. At the Bills. All I know is every time I watch the Dolphins, Mike Kosicki's making a big catch.
1: Yeah, so he's basically exclusively a wide receiver. I think he's lined up in line on fewer than 10% of his snaps this year. So, I mean, Mike, you, you said Kyle Pitts is a tight end in name only. So is Mike Kosicki. Uh, and he's been to his guy. And I think the funniest thing amidst all the uh, the rumors here the last couple weeks, with of course, with regards to Deshaun Watson. And, Ross, thank God. Thank God, because if Deshaun Watson doesn't get traded by next week, by the time we record next week's Feast podcasts, we don't have to talk about it because the trade deadline would have passed. And I am so freaking sick of talking about Deshaun Watson. I'm sick of hearing about him. Um. Anyway, that's just a personal uh a personal preference here. But I the funny part is is I actually think two has played pretty well the last couple of weeks. Um. Certainly better than Sam Darnold that uh, of the teams that have been rumored to acquire um uh, uh Deshaun Watson. Um. Two's arm still just. It looks like he's throwing balloons out there to me, but it feels like he's played pretty well the last couple weeks. And now for the Dolphins, you know, Mike Kosicki, uh, I think, is somebody you play. The problem is with the wide receivers, this is not the Falcon defense, that the Falcon defense that they played in Week 7. This is not the Jaguar defense that Tua faced in Week 6. This is the Buffalo Bills defense, maybe the best defense in football. I do not expect Tua to have a lot of success in this game. Um, the guys I feel good about playing are Gasicki and Jalen Waddell. Um, otherwise, good luck with Miles Gaskin. Malcolm Brown's on IR. If you think Miles Gaskin's the guy who's gonna emerge here against this defense, I'd probably be looking for another option unless I'm just plugging him in as a flex. All right, what about the Bills on offense, Joe? Uh Ross, the Peaky Blinder, Tommy Sweeney, is going to be the uh is going to be the uh the tight end here if Dawson Knox can't play and he's not expected to, you know, coming off the surgery. But for the for the Buffalo Bills, I mean, they're kind of the team that they are every week. Just they mix the ball around a little bit more than they have in recent weeks. Um, th- th- than they did last year, rather. Um against Tennessee, they had to throw the ball a ton. Emmanuel Sanders, Stephon Diggs, and Cole Beasley all had eight or more targets in that game. Great to see Stephon Diggs have a really big game in that one. Uh, Zach Moss is still their lead back, but Devin Singletary actually looked pretty good against uh, against, uh, Tennessee. So I'm going to say that Zach Moss is more of an RB3 flex guy right now with the way that uh, Devin Singletary looked in that game uh, catching five passes. I'm fine playing all of Sanders, Diggs, and Beasley and Josh Allen. Um, it's just a passing offense that is is once again taking off. Josh Allen is probably, given the state of Mahomes, the best quarterback in the NFL right now.
0: One down, one to go. We still got to get to the Sunday late games as well as the Sunday nighter and the Monday nighter on episode two of the Fantasy Feast podcast Make sure you're subscribed to either audio only or youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. I'm full. I know I'm stuffed, but I'm not full. We got a little bit more room for dessert episode two. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and The College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.